0: This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk
1: Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein.
0: Welcome to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. This is New Jersey State State Senator Declan O'Scanlon. Dave Wildstein is taking the weekend off, and I'm co-hosting today's show with my colleague and good friend, Senator Vingo Powell. Vin, are you out there?
2: Yeah, it is great to be with you, and I'm glad David is getting some well-deserved family time this weekend. We're going to have some fun this hour.
0: He just sent me a picture of himself on the beach uh, with a with, with a case of old Milwaukee, it looks like. So, yes, he's he's I, uh, relaxing.
2: I hope it wasn't a New Jersey-owned beach. I don't know, you know, maybe like the governor's beach or anything like that, because that would be a bad that photo. That
0: would be a bad thing, yes. Uh, although I don't think anybody's on the beach now. I, I see the snow squall is moving through. So I think uh, it's, hopefully New Jersey beaches soon will all be back on them with the glorious spring and summer that we all have more than earned over this past uh, several years of, of challenge. So uh, God willing, that happens soon.
2: It's uh, so then, been a week. What fun do we want
0: week? To start about? Well,
2: let's talk about redistricting. I'm uh, I'm sure most of the viewers in New Jersey outside of Monmouth County won't uh won't care about West Long Branch for Fairhaven, but let's talk about redistricting overall. I thought that this week was a uh you know, having served on congressional redistricting and watching redistricting processes in the past. This was pretty cordial both sides. Uh, worked out a deal. Your former former staffer, Al Barless, on the Republican side, uh, my, my state chairman, Leroy Jones, on the Democratic side, and give and take on both sides. And it looks like they reached a pretty amicable uh, amicable ending. Uh, what do you think?
0: Well, yeah, I, I, I have to take, really. It, it was a great uh, result. The map, I think, both sides agree. It is fair. It gives a uh a good and appropriate shot for Republicans in a good year to to take control. Uh you know, the default is still still lean Democrat, but overall New Jersey does lean Democrat. So it should it should work out very well. And of course I will take credit for the, the outcome because I thought far everything he knows. Uh so, <laughs> I'll take we for won't that.
2: Uh, we won't tell Chairman O'Toole that. We'll make sure he's not listening. So that, that's um, true. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great week, and uh, um, and I thought that unfortunately some of our colleagues on both sides are are going to be in some new districts. I know we're going to talk to Joey Fox a little later about that and Jake Globes reporter who did an incredible job uh, uh, up in in Morris County, uh, I believe uh, uh, in, in districts twenty five and twenty six, two of the assembly incumbents were switched. Uh, two of my colleagues who who I love, Senator Stack and Sacco, are in the same district. Um, so definitely going to be interesting. What's going to be interesting more than anything, you've been through this, uh, Senator, because you were in the assembly back in 2011. Is you had a short time period to to really get going and running. We're going to be sitting here for a year and a half. Oh, I also, of course, Governor Cody and Senator uh, Gill also. We we're going to be for sitting here for a year and a half. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes.
0: Yeah, it, it will because you're some of us. Well, actually all of us, I guess, because there was minor changes. I think to almost every district will kind of be representing people for the next year that we won't be representing in the future. But you know, look, for the most part, we all answer calls outside our district. You know, when people call, uh, and this on both sides of the aisle, we all generally want to help, uh, and and you know, be of whatever help we can to folks, whether they're in district or out. I know you and I consider ourselves on opposite sides of the aisle, but we get along very well. Uh, our staffs work well together. We consider ourselves Monmouth County legislators. Uh, so, you know, I will not represent officially Fairhaven anymore. You will be uh, losing West Long Branch. Uh, but, look, I get calls from people in your district on a regular basis. You get calls from people in mine. Uh, and it's going to remain that way. Uh, and And none of these folks – will probably notice a difference.
2: Um, Uh, I'm confident the redistricting, my friend, is not going to stop you from being in Red Bank every night shopping and eating. And uh, because I do think (laughs) nothing against all the towns in your district. I do think you like Red Bank a little bit better than them. I know you can't say that. That's okay. But But, I just happen uh, to see you in Red Bank a
0: lot. I I am in Red Bank a lot, but I will completely dispute any favoritism. Uh, I have great towns in my district, uh, all of them. Uh, and plenty of fantastic restaurants. Uh, also, in in each of my towns, Keyport is amazing. Atlantic Highlands, uh, it, we do very well in in D thirteen.
2: C- completely, um, and I find myself a lot in Seabright and Atlantic Highlands, so we completely get it. The reporting this week, uh, Senator Scanlon, you know, I-, I was so impressed with NJ Globe and Joey, and just the constant coverage. I watched their YouTube video. Um, I don't know how David Walsing has the map before most of the commissioners apparently do. He's got the map up there where where everybody can see it and just a constant coverage before. You know, as we end the first segment, what are your thoughts generally on the state of the press right now? And I I struggle with this in my district. I have some really good weeklies. I've got the coaster. um, I've got the link, which is now online. I think we both share uh, the Two River Times. But have you have you seen a difference? I'm, I'm trying to navigate my four and a half short years in the Senate um navigating how to get my message out in the press. What what differences are you seeing as far as our local landscape and press since you started in the legislature in what, two thousand and six? Was that your first year or two thousand and eight? I won
0: in two thousand and seven, won in two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. So what
2: what have you seen? What have, what have you seen like as the weeklies just died down completely?
0: No, they're out there still. I mean, look, the the media has changed dramatically over the past you know 10, 15 years, as there was the tremendous disruption. Maybe 20 years, uh, tremendous disruption with with people getting their news from different sources. Um, it wasn't that long ago, and I'm older than you, so it, it, everything feels like yesterday uh, as the time goes quicker and quicker. But you know, everybody read a daily newspaper, whether it was the Ledger or the Press or or. Uh, you know, there were there were half a dozen strong uh daily newspapers. That's changed dramatically. And and it's only been in the last few years, I think, that everything is sort of the change has slowed down as people have acclimated, uh, as some of these newspapers have uh you know found their footing uh, or gone. I mean there, there's a lot of sort news sources that are just gone. Uh so I really like the quality of reporting that we have right now. Would I do I miss more local coverage? Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, And, uh, you know, you see entities like the patch and others trying to make up that deficit. And it's important both so people can be informed, but also the press, uh, you know, keeps people in line. If you know you're going to be your actions are going to be spoken about publicly, you think about that. And, And democracy depends on that. Uh, so we could always use more, uh, but they seem to be, all these entities seem to be finding their footing and we're seeing some really good quality reporting, as you mentioned. So I'm optimistic uh, for the, the, the future.
2: Yeah. And the online venues, I mean, we have Red Bank Green who just is constant with local news and we're seeing a number of tap intos. I know you have, we, we share one in Colts Neck Homedale that covers a lot. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just hard to get your message out. People are watching cable news, especially as a local legislator, trying to show the things you're doing uh, on social media. A lot of people rely on. It's just it just looks like a, a completely different world. Um, I, I think to the first time I ran for office, which was in 2011, ran for the assembly, as you remember, I got slaughtered. Couldn't have lost by a larger margin. Um, but I remembered. I remembered, you know, what what what's important and how important it is to communicate with voters, how important it is to to define who you are. Um, I, I took those experiences and I didn't run for another six years, but I kind of learned And obviously timing is really important. What what have you learned um, from your first race, which I remember, right? You were then Little Silver Councilman Declan when you lost by handful of those 50 or 60 votes. What do you, what? What were the greatest lessons you probably took away from that election that helped you for future elections?
0: Well, look, I learned during that election that uh, you, you're better off keeping your integrity than, than stooping to a level that, uh, you know, that costs you integrity uh, but gives you victory. Uh, during that race, I lost by 65 votes. Um, it, was, it was at the out time. Of, was out, of, a, of, out of how many? Out of uh, 40,000 – I got, a, I got a, Wow! it could have been 6,000 votes actually. Yes. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was big It was, uh, and a very small margin. Um, and there were things we could have done during the campaign that uh, probably would have brought us victory but would have had me stoop to a level that I wasn't comfortable stooping. Uh, and that worked really well. That gained a lot of respect from a lot of people. Uh, and then I came back, went two years later. Uh, and it kind of kept going in that path. Uh, and look, accessibility is critical. Transparency is critical. Um, you, you know, and then you you just w- with social media, with Twitter has entered the uh, the the um, list of ways that we can communicate. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter is my my main go to. I love that back and forth. It really works. Uh, for me and my style. Um, and it's great. It's very easy to be accessible, which is an improvement over the way things were when everybody depended on simply daily newspapers and you didn't have that constant give and take. So uh, that's a that's an improvement over uh, communications that we spoke about before. Uh, so it's all those things are important. And, and if you do all those things and you're accessible, open and honest, even when you're disagreeing with people, uh, it earns the respect. Uh, and and hopefully uh, earns uh, a little bit of faith in in uh, people and their government because uh, that is a faith is something sorely lacking uh, in government right now. Um, so, yeah,
2: and and personal relationships, right? So we're we're on the two of us, even though we're at different ends. We're on a, a little group chat that we've been on for years with like thirty, forty restaurant owners, and we know. These people personally. I think they're all Republican, but that's okay. We know all of these people personally. We know their families. We've eaten at their restaurants. We know the concerns of their employees. We've helped their employees with unemployment. I think, you know, when I try to tell. Uh, elected officials and candidates who are running the, the value especially the smaller the level you are just the value of personal relationships and how important it is to to know the names of you know all your community leaders and and what they do and not just a superficial relationship but to actually know them and i think you know that's unfortunately what a, a lot of folks who seem like they lose they they end up missing that
0: uh true there is absolute value in that look it helps to be a social creature in this business uh, and uh, look, I happen to uh, be a uh, – I, I used to write a food uh, column, a uh, food and lifestyle column for the Tri-City News, the, the Village Voice of Mama Ken, which is still going. Dan Jacobs does a great job with it. And one of my taglines was, food is the second greatest pleasure man can know. I leave the first up to individuals. Um, and I, so so it helps that I'm uh, an enjoyer of, of good food and good drink. And uh, – and we have great restaurants in this area. And look, and a lot of them uh, were severely damaged, I think, by some uh, policies that were, were drawn on way too long. But you and I fought against those and put it back. You got it. So, you know,
2: that, uh, that is, couldn't be more true. So it, it's been good chatting. Please don't go away. We'll be right back uh, with Senator Joe Carrillo's. Senator Oskalan's predecessor. You don't want to miss this. Uh, This is Senator Vingo Powell, along with my colleague, Senator Oskalan. And we're filling in this week for David Weilstein on New Jersey Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
0: The New Jersey Globe Power Hour is on. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. Uh, this is State Senator Declan O'Scanlon. Uh, David Wildstein is taking the weekend off, and I'm co-hosting today's show with my colleague, uh, Senator Vingo Powell. We now are joined by uh, political royalty uh, in now-retired uh, State Senator Joe Carrillos, my immediate predecessor in the seat I now fill. I will never fill those shoes. And and my wife never ceases to remind me uh, that her favorite senator will always be Joe Carrillas. Uh so I, I'm I'm a distant second, and and I get that because uh, he's mine too. Uh, welcome to the show, Joe.
1: Senator Declan, thank you very much. What a what a generous introduction, way too generous, and uh, I'm proud of you as uh, my successor and my senator and husband of Heather who uh, uh, who is wonderful and um, and you're doing a great job a very very skillful legislator proud wow. of you and and, uh, and and proud of Vin what a great gig you have today
2: we're
0: having a good time yeah
2: yeah um, David uh, David certainly makes it look a lot easier this is not as easy as I thought especially if we were trying to wing it which I'm glad we weren't um, so senator uh, senator Joe Kay, thanks for joining us um, we just uh, talked a little bit about redistricting. Uh, we thought that uh, Senator Oskanel and I both agreed it, it really was different than past redistricting where everyone seemed to really get along, both sides complimenting each other, Chairman Jones and Chairman Barless. Uh, what was your take, having probably been through many of these, uh, the last few uh, in 2001 and, and 2011 at least? Um, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, first of all, Vin, good to be with you too, and uh, another great senator. Um, proud that our our Monmouth County delegation is is so skillful and you know one from each side so we're we're covered and uh, and and this is a great job I never got to do a, a radio show host a radio show in New York radio so um, this is good and despite the fact that I've known David Wildstein now for probably thirty five years and we 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 keep in touch he's never had me on the show so it took my hometown senators <laughs> to 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 get me on the air and they and they're and they're always there for for um for the people of Monmouth County um hey listen my take on redistricting i you know i just have seen it from afar i've seen the news reports i know you guys both did i think pretty well right i don't think there's a big change in in either of your districts and the way I looked at it, and then and, and, and we uh, communicate. I talked to Declan. I talked to Vin. Um, Vin, your district might have gotten a tiny bit more Democrat, maybe like a smidgen, and and Declan a, a smidgen more Republican. Is that the case?
0: That's exactly right. Yeah, but we're talking yeah. a couple of hundred. Like, not yeah. Months.
1: All right. Well, listen, you're lucky when you, when it's you know status quo and you're doing well where you where you, where you are. And and uh, I did go through it. Um, you know, believe it or not, I'm so old. I went through it three times, and I think uh, my district didn't change very much at all the first time around. And a decade later, it, it uh, improved for our side of the aisle a little bit. And um, the third time, I I got really lucky as I was leaving my final six years when Declan and I shared the district. Uh, Declan, Declan and the assembly, um, you know, we 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 did we did really well. So. Hey, I'm I, I I like what I've read that the two sides work together, seem to come up with a with a with good product. I'm sure my former colleagues who have primaries against each other or pr- potential primaries, um, Governor Cody, Senator Cody, and Mia Gill, and uh, um, Brian Stack and Senator Sacco. I mean, I'm sure they're not very happy, and I you know I feel bad for you know, good office holders, longtime people that uh, now are in this predicament, but um, it all gets sorted out one way or the other. And, um, you know, it's better when we have a competitive map. It's better when these districts, to the degree they can be uh, or could be, and I'm not sure they're particularly competitive anywhere. I mean, I think, you know, Vin, you know, has a, you know, situation on his hands a little bit. And, and, you know, that might have been an anomaly given, you know the way the top of the ticket went but uh it's better when they're competitive because you know it keeps these legislators on their toes keeps your colleagues on their toes you don't have to cater to you know one extreme side or the other and and you know the the lack of uh competitive districts in congress and in legislatures all around the country um help to lead to the polarization help to lead to uh you know, far gone conclusions where, you know, people don't come to the center and that's when things get done. And you guys both know that um, the body politic generally doesn't understand that in this era. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we we wind up being paralyzed or worse. So. Um, I, I hope we have some 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 contests in New Jersey in the in the upcoming uh, cycles. I don't know that we will. I don't look at the map, you know, closely enough. I don't know it well enough to uh, to know one or the other yet. But we'll 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 f- figure it out in the fullness of time.
0: This map this map gives a real uh, legitimate fighting chance for Republicans to gain the majority in you know in a time when sentiment is swinging uh, in our direction. And I can promise you that uh, Republicans have promised been as well. Uh, we're we're already working hard to be ready for this next cycle uh, to help uh, protect our incumbents and to, to gain some seats. Uh, and look, I know Democrats are doing the same thing. Uh, a little more complicated job for our friends on the other side of the aisle because they're going to likely have some of these primaries. Uh, but they're also going to welcome some new young people into, uh, into the legislature and into the, uh, the upper house. I think Raj Mukherjee uh, is very likely to be another senator and someone that Jim and I get along with well. Um, so, I think it's it's a good step in the right direction. Uh, and I think folks on both sides of the aisle agree with that. So, um, you know, when I introduced you, I said your political loyalty, and I wasn't exaggerating, uh, I'm blowing I'm not blowing smoke here, when I say that very few people would disagree with the statement that uh, you're one of the most respected people who have served in the past forty years. Vin and I were talking in the first segment, you know about how You get there, right? There's so many positive, overwhelming majority of people in politics. I don't get that level of respect. Talk to us a little bit about that. and Joe, before you
2: answer that, just to add on to Declan's question, you've been a Republican nominee for Senate, you've ran a Republican nominee for House, and Declan's 100 percent right. You are the, the most, even when I was Democratic County Chair, the most incredible gentleman always, but always fought for your party, always fought for what you believed in. And it feels different in this climate today. So just to Declan's point, just adding on, not just as a legislator for 40 years, but also as a party nominee, a former state chair, you still have the overwhelming amount of respect from everyone and that's pretty impressive and so just to add on to that how how did you do that
1: well you, listen you guys are very very nice and and um, uh, and generous in your praise and i you know i guess if you hang around long enough um you know you get you, you pick up certain distinctions and 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 the declan description i've never heard of but that's very very flattering um, but listen, both of you guys are, you know, in the category that you describe of people that uh, uh, are held in high esteem, respected, um, liked, work with with um, um, with with everybody for for, for, for the, the best outcomes for the people. And you know, you're going to come at it from from different perspectives from time to time, and our parties will. Um, but but we want we want the same, you know, overarching overall outcomes at the end of the day we want our kids to have great schools we want people to have great jobs we want a great quality of life we want to make new jersey and america the you know the the place that uh, people were born to or came to wanted to come to and and um and and recognize that and uh you know the whole world wants to be like us and so we got to we got to we got to keep it keep it going and so listen i was lucky enough to start in a different era you know there was more cooperation there were you know I think, you know, to some degree, you know, a, 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 you know, diff- some different kinds of personalities that sometimes emerge today. Um, but uh, we have those kinds of people still. We need more of them. And, um, you know, we got to always remember why people elected us, you know, why we want to serve. And, you know, we don't want to be the senator for the Democrat Party or the Republican Party. We want to be the senator for for all the people and not just your district. I try to, to always remember that, you know, my vote counted the same for Essex County as it did for Monmouth County. And, um, you know, your, your seat is a privilege. It's a big obligation. It's a big responsibility. And, um, you know, you remember why, 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 why you wanted to serve to, to begin with, but, you know, if, People keep doing the right thing and uh respect each other and um you know keep their word and you know they're going to emerge with uh uh with good legislative products good policies good good outcomes for 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 the people and as a result good reputations if I could,
2: Actually, if I could yeah. ask you, if I could ask you both a question because i'm I'm just curious you both went through a a primary, right, a Tea Party primary in tw- either 2011 or maybe 2013. And we're seeing um, a lot of the same now. And we've seen it on my side of the aisle, too, but we've seen it. You know, we're seeing it now on the Trump side, Roger Stone coming out, folks mad at Chris Smith because he voted for, which I thought was a good bill. But uh, obviously I'm a Democrat, but but a lot of Republicans did, too. Do you see that time period, which you both were on the ballot together? I think it was about 10, 12 years ago. um do you see this as different, or do you just see these uh, as moments in time that will come throughout history?
1: Uh, Decken, De- go ahead. You, t- you, t- you take it yeah, first. No,
0: I think it's, it's one of the moments in time. It's a cycle, and you're going to have it. And, and it's – so we've got one minute, Joe, uh, and everyone. Uh, but uh, you're going to see it. And sometimes you need such moments of disruption uh, in order to reenergize. Uh, I think we benefit as much as it can be tough. And certainly the polarization within the country right now is, is a problem. But, Joe, we only have a little more time. Let me let you have the last word.
1: Well, listen, dude, De- Declan and I did have that primary together in, in 2013, and we were new running mates together at the time. Our districts had been put together to, to some degree. It was our first election. He did a great job, and, you know, we did have to deal with the primary, but uh, we handled it well. Primaries are, are no fun. Um you know and, and sometimes they're, uh, they're 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 important but listen you want you, 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 you want to be the senator the congressman for all the people and uh, and not not just for, for a party platform and I do think Christmas vote on the infrastructure bill was a was a, was a good vote. Thank so, listen, you guys, keep going. You're, you know, you're getting, now you You know, you have Thank you. you have big jobs, but now you have another job. Maybe you'll maybe you'll do this again. It's a good duo. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah, you. On the we'll air be, with we'll be right. Thank
2: you so much. We'll be right back. This is Senator Vin Powell with Senator Declan O'Scanlan, and we're filling in this week for David Walstein on New Jersey Globe Power Hour.
0: This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. On Talk Radio 77 WABC,
1: here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. This is New Jersey State Senator Declan uh, with here with my colleague, Senator Vingo Powell, from the other side of the aisle, but a good friend. We are filling in today for David Wildstein uh he's lounging on a beach with his family somewhere um and and of course wild speed is such a powerhouse it takes two of us then to make up for him so uh <laughs> but we're here and happy to do it
2: um, yeah and we got uh joey fox on now who is uh probably one of the most impressive reporters who i've ever read and i can't wait to to talk to him about how he knows so much and how he can't be can't be more than 23 or 24 i don't even want to guess but joey how you doing
3: I'm doing good, Senators. How are you?
2: I'm doing good. good. It's great to yeah, great to chat with you. I enjoyed watching your entire uh redistricting analysis. You actually <laughs> took time to learn about each town in a way that you know probably took me fifteen years to figure out some of these towns and some of these demographics. How did you get this before we talk about redistricting, how did you get this addiction into New Jersey in New Jersey politics. And have you have you told David Wildstein that you're likely going to be better than him uh, pretty soon? Does he know that? Which
0: is, which is dramatic praise because Wildstein is an encyclopedic when it comes to knowledge in New Jersey politics. It's praise that I also do think is
3: highly unearned. And I know that I will uh, not reach that level anytime particularly soon. But, yeah, I mean, I am a total map nerd. I really, really enjoy looking at maps and playing around with geography and looking at towns and learning about them. Um so these last 2 weeks of redistricting focus have been kind of amazing for me and I've been I've been really glad to be able to sort of share that with share that um on the site as well and you know write all these write all these wacky stories um and I'll also note that I am I'm 22 um you are maybe the first person Ooh. in New Jersey politics to overestimate my age uh the number of people Ooh. who have act, who have underestimated it is is pretty large um so I'll take that compliment thank you I just uh you know a lot so
0: it won't be long before you're very happy that people are underestimating your age. Trust me. Uh, I can't, I know I'm already, when I was a kid,
3: it was maddening, but I'm already starting to, I'm already starting to see the benefits. I'm I'm starting to understand why people always told me when I was a kid, Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate it when you're 40.
0: Exactly. And you'll appreciate it when you're 58. Trust me. Uh, (laughs) But sometimes it's also good because people will underestimate you and coming from a, Uh, perspective where someone underestimates you is usually a good way to come at reporting or legislating and and debating. So you did a great job, Joey. It was really fantastic. What are you hearing out there now post, up to the minute post map announcement? What, What are the takeaways?
3: I mean, so the big immediate takeaways, in my opinion, are the two, um, the two Democratic primaries that um, that the map seems to create, assuming that the senators who have been double-bunked into one district both decide to run. Um, so you've got one district in suburban Essex County where State Senator Nia Gill and then former Governor uh, Richard Cody, they're put in the same district. And then you've got a district in Hudson County where State Senator Brian Stack and State Senator Nicholas Sacco are put into one district. That struck me, you know, just looking at the map, overall, it's actually very respectful towards existing incumbents. You know, across all of South and Central Jersey, there isn't a single incumbent who's who's moved from their district. Everyone gets some place that they can feasibly run in. Um, but you know, in in sort of urban North Jersey, there's there's going to be a lot of chaos with that. You're going to have two new state senators in the two districts that are opened up. You're going to have potentially these really barn burning primaries. Um, so I think that that's something that even before, before we get to talking about you know what will Democrats win, what will Republicans win, I think that that's going to be something that dominates. Um, for the next year or so. People wondering, how are these crazy primaries gonna play out?
0: Well, have you had a look? I have not looked at the numbers yet. It is in either of those districts, is is there a heavy favorite? Um, so
3: I think the assumption in the Governor Cody versus Senator Gill race is that Governor Cody, I think the district is probably about e- equally split between the two of them. Um, but the assumption is that Cody would probably be more likely to get the organizational line and and would be the favorite in that race, um, and he would run. There's only two assembly members in that district, so he would run with Assemblyman John McKeon and uh, Tom Giblin um, in Hudson County. So I actually did a whole story about this um, because the math is kind of complicated. Where Senator Stack um, has a, a more of a track record of getting just insane numbers out of his hometown of Union City, um, but Senator Sacco represents uh, more of the district currently. Like the district is mostly his. Um, so that will, if both of them decide to run, which that's not a guarantee in either of these races, um, in both cases, being the, the senator who's looking like less of a favorite might decide to bow out instead. Um, but if both of them decide to run, that will be a wild race. It's really tough to tell how which mass will really will really help. And then right to the south, um, we've already got our first kind of 2023 announcement that Assemblyman Raj Mukherjee um, is running for the Senate. He seems like an immediate strong front runner. He's got the endorsement of Governor Murphy. Um, so that'll be an interesting, um, you know, a new voice in the Senate. Senator Gopal will be a second Asian-American in the Senate after you. Um, so th- that's already kind of an intriguing 2023
2: uh, start. And uh, and as Declan knows, because we both know him well, and a rock star in his own right, probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. I think he's going to he's going to help the Senate to. Uh, a good deal. Do you think um you know having really gone through this in depth, uh, you know, I read the op-ed, I think it was Mayor Phillips op-ed about Jersey City can't be split. Do you think this this was uh unavoidable based on your research uh because it seemed like from all public reports yours and others cartridge did not want Jersey City split up uh more than more than twice. Um what do you what do you think overall? There's a lot of news reports out there.
3: I mean, essentially, the choice for the commission was either split Jersey City twice or mess around with one or more incumbents. Because of the way that Hudson County's population grew so fast between 2010 and 2020, um, the current district's configuration just wasn't workable. The districts are too big. Um, And so what you either have to do is you either have to siphon off a bit of the vote from Jersey City into a different district or you have to change around some towns so that and, and and what that ultimately ended up doing is putting Senators Sack and Sacco into the same district. Um so it was kind of it was an open question before this week whether the Commission would rather split Jersey City three ways and keep everything else kind of stable, or you know, listen to Mayor Fulop and the the claims that it would be unconstitutional, keep Jersey City split in two and mess around elsewhere. And it seems like um it seems like Philip Karchman kind of decided on the latter. He 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 it seems like his determination was that keeping Jersey City only split into two pieces was the more important aspect of that puzzle. And so then you end up with incumbent chaos, basically. And the uh, the, the
2: strangest legislative district configuration in the state will continue. District 12, right, which Senator Thompson starts in Old Bridge, goes to Matawan, it's weirdly
3: through Manalapan. I think it goes to Jackson and Burlington County. Um yeah I kind of I kind of think of that district as the leftover district. It takes in towns that don't properly fit in any other district and you've got this sort of interesting assemblage of one Middlesex, one Monmouth and one Ocean County politician, you know, doing their best to represent right. this very sprawling and odd district. And does the district I think it has Burlington too or no? I think it's got maybe it used to have more Burlington. I think maybe it maybe has one Burlington town in it now. I forget which one. It's like it's not yeah. very large though. It's only a couple thousand people. It's certainly a strange district. I'm curious to know what your guys's takes on your own districts are. I mean, I know that neither of them changed all that much, um, but whether you have any initial takes, you know, on the on the new constituents you're taking on.
0: Demographically, um, I, they're they're fairly similar. We're, really, it's a swap of of Fairhaven and West Long Branch, uh, and we both know people in these towns already. Uh, and you know, again, I think the demographics. Uh, in Fairhaven, lean a little more Democrat than in West Long Branch, where they mean Republican. But they're they're pretty similar. There's not much, nothing controversial here.
2: When uh, my wife and I were looking for a house about a year ago, she really wanted to be in Fairhaven. So she's not overly thrilled that this didn't happen a year ago. Um, we, we settled in Long Branch, by the way, which we're very happy about. But, uh, no, I'm excited about Fairhaven and Bradley Beach. Um, and... West Long Branch is a a great town, home of Monmouth University, that's still right next door. And I'm sure that you know Senator Scanlon already has a great relationship with so many of the leaders there. So Uh, happy to see there weren't too many significant changes. And um, uh, you know, Monmouth County, we all have to deal with all throughout Monmouth. Declan's in my towns a lot. I'm in his towns. um, We work we uh, we work well together on it.
0: So where do you see Uh, Joey, the true? competitive districts? I know 14. And and are there any, the second part of that uh, question, are there any districts that you see as kind of sleeper competitive that, that people haven't identified yet?
3: I think the district that most clearly fits that that criterion is the fourth. Um, so the fourth district is this sort of inland South Jersey district that includes these kind of really big towns um, like Gloucester Township and Washington in, in South Jersey um that's currently held by state senator fred madden and then two democrats in the assembly um it's a district that you know people in the state have not really typically thought of as all that competitive in recent years um but the the map that got adopted actually completely takes the republican proposal like the original republican proposal from two weeks ago it completely adopts that and um and makes the district something like eight points more republican um and i did some number crunching on this yesterday Um, if these lines had been in place in 2021, which is, you know, a pretty good cycle for Republicans, all things considered, um, it would have been like pretty much a toss up race it had been 50, 50. Um, so, so that's definitely a race that, you know, people, people who really tuned into New Jersey legislative politics have not really had to think about in, in a while. Um, but come 2023, that'll definitely be a district where both parties are looking seriously at who might win this, who's going to run, what's going to happen there. Um. So that's that's the now, district how, that most immediately comes to mind. How about
2: how about District Sixteen? Went a little bit more Republican, but that was a district that Governor Murphy won by I think seven or eight points. He won pretty significantly. Was it, I didn't really look look at the numbers too much. Did that move that much more Republican?
3: It moved something like a point more Republican. My my personal opinion on this, and th- there's room for disagreement. My personal opinion on this is that now that Democrats have broken in in that district, it's going to be pretty hard, not impossible, but pretty hard for Republicans to dislodge. Like you've got. Senators Wicker as this sort of ticket leader. You've got Assembly members Freiman and Jaffer. They're, they're both incumbents now. All three of them are pretty young. None are going to probably retire anytime soon. Um, and just, you know, the kind of one point here and there difference that this map causes. It could be that there's going to be an amazing cycle for Republicans and things get wonky. Um, but my personal perspective is that that's a strong slate. And that district is not moving in the right direction for Republicans overall. It's they're probably going to expend their resources elsewhere like the fourth. And Senator Zwicker out- outperformed
2: Governor Murphy there. So Governor Murphy won by seven points last time. I think Senator w- Zwicker won by eight. So uh, definitely, you know, it's just a point that makes it a little harder. And um, wh- where else in the state? Uh, any Anything else of interest from redistricting, take away, uh, legislative districts or otherwise?
3: I mean, so one thing is Democrats have had, the legislative Democrats have had a real problem being able to compete. In like these suburban moderate North Jersey districts that held, held by Republicans, um, like in 2020 there was a special election in the 25th legislative district. Republicans won it by a fair bit, even as Joe Biden was carrying the district by like nine points. So There's a lot of crossover appeal, but you know this map doesn't super shore up any of those districts. Um, so you have to wonder. You know, at a certain point, you have to wonder if some of these suburban voters who are voting for Democrats on higher levels are going to start taking a closer look at legislative Democrats. And if that starts to happen, then this entire map's calculus gets shifted around. So that's a big if. We'll see if it happens, but it might. But look, and we really have out. the
0: overall trend now of going the other direction, right? It's amazing to me the Republican fortune turnaround is just this past year. So you're right. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Joey, thanks so much for being here with us. I'm looking forward to watching your career as it develops. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Thank you, and thank you thanks, for having thanks.
2: me. Thanks. Thanks, Joey. Thanks so much. We'll be right back uh, to close up. Please don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss this. This is Senator Vingo Powell, it's my colleague and friend, Senator Declan O'Scanlon. We're filling in for David Weilstein on New Jersey Clo- Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
0: It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour. This is Senator Declan O'Scanlon here with my good friend and colleague in the Senate, Senator Vingo Powell, who does happen to hail from the other side of the aisle. But uh, we debate. Uh, we sometimes uh, fight over issues, but uh, we have a really good relationship, uh, and we work very well together. Our staffs uh, as well. Uh, I think we do a pretty good job representing Monmouth County, which itself is represented by a, a great Republican administration. I'll throw that out there. Um, uh, Then let's talk some issues Uh, This is our last segment We go right up to 5 o'clock The things in the news We have the the mask mandate uh, Blissfully is ending Months Actually it shouldn't even have been in place uh, For our kids in schools this this school year But uh, it is ending And that is happening Partly because of pressure That so many members of the public Uh, So many legislators brought to bear. Uh, I think you you joining with me in S 2100, which would reform the balance, the imbalance of power between the legislature and the executive branch, uh, helped light a fire uh, and helped push that issue and the other issues of uh, concentration of power in in one person, uh, too much of it in one person. I think it helped. It was a gutsy position we took. No,
2: I, I appreciate that, Senator. And what I've loved about our dialogues—and it goes prior to me being a senator—we've had some really aggressive conversations. I remember you've had some very aggressive conversations with me, and vice versa. But at the end of the day, we always find a way to to do what's best for the residents of of uh, of Monmouth County. Um, so, look, I, it was a good bill. You you had a great idea. You accepted my changes, some of the changes I asked for. Um, and it it needs to happen. And and look, when I ran for Senate four years ago, I was I criticized. Critic, critic of Governor Christie Because so many legislators would go the other way And so if it's a good idea It shouldn't matter who the party of the governor is um, This was a close Governor's election It could have very well uh, it was I think 51-48 Razor thin um, And it could have very well been Governor Cittarelli And it could still be a Republican Governor in four years So it's good public policy That the legislature should have a say after 60 days Um and uh, I hope this – I hope it happens. I've been encouraged that Senate President Scutari seems you know, really receptive, and we're going to see what he, where he ends up. Uh, well, but it's good public policy. Said, the,
0: the new Senate president has said some good things, and I like him, by the way. I get along with, with him really well. Looking forward to working with him. Senator Sweeney was a friend as well. Uh, but I, I think you're right. We are starting to hear and uh, batch of my friends on the other side of the aisle less vocally than you. I mean you've been the only person who stepped up. And I'm starting to challenge the rest of, of your caucus and, and uh, Democrat legislature, assembly people, you know, at some point we got to have a spine and stand up and do our jobs. And this is simply saying that the legislature ought to do its job, as happens in one form or another in 49 other states. So this is not, it's nothing radical that we're proposing to be done here. Or so many people complain that, hey, you Republicans haven't taken enough of a stand and other states are suing and winning against governors. They can sue and win because the law is different there in the first place. So this is the first thing that that has to happen. Uh, And even the governor himself said he was looking forward to working with the legislature more. So uh, he ought to embrace this bill. Uh, But thank you very much for for stepping up and and joining in. A couple other issues. Uh, We have uh, the the COVID vaccine. We we know vaccines are always a hot button. Uh, I have had much dialogue with folks uh, about vaccines in general over the last few years, formed very good relationships now with, with people on both sides of that issue. Uh, one, A couple of people tweeted at me uh, about, you know, religious exemptions, et cetera. I think that's a dead issue right now uh, and likely will remain so, you know, until unless we have some sort of major outbreak or something that impacts our children. I don't see that happening in the uh, in the immediate future covid vaccine there's no way to justify mandating that and there is a process to add if someone wanted to uh uh, vaccines to the childhood schedule uh the governor doesn't get to make that call shouldn't be making that call it should be health professionals and the facts don't warrant it Uh, have you heard from uh your constituents as much as i have on that front
2: yeah, and I would agree with you. I think outgoing Senate President Sweeney uh, did say that it was a dead issue. Um, there hasn't been um, uh, a need as far as, you know, I, I similar to you, I talk to my hospitals every week. I talk to my health centers. I understand the cases. Um, we're in an all-time low right now on a on a weak variant. I think we were in a completely different situation uh, 45 days, 30 days ago maybe, even when we we're at 30,000 cases a day. Um, people are out They're They're eating. Kids are outside uh, eating in restaurants. Um, you know, those who obviously are concerned with underlying conditions still need to be careful. Um, but we have to, you know, Declan, and I think you've gotten this in, in your office. The overwhelming number of mental health cases I have and uh, as someone, you know, who, who struggled with it myself as, as I've spoken on the center floor a number of times. That's that's a big concern for me. Uh, these kids in schools, especially special needs families, um we have to look how we can responsibly return to normalcy and i think we're we're close to there and this is the new norm and i'm i'm so concerned about our mental health right now even a, a child missing a prom or graduation can have mental health challenges but so many adults that we know were going through mental health uh, issues as a result of this pandemic and what the pandemic started 2 years 2 years ago took a lot of lives We're in a different place now. There's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. We got to recap. But the number one thing I think we need to do as a society is see how we can continue to move closer and closer to normalcy. Um,
0: I completely agree. Uh, We do have a looming deadline. The governor put a a vaccine mandate. And look, this governor, and I'm friends with this governor, uh, but we disagree strongly on policy, uh, much policy. Uh, He put a vaccine mandate out for uh, a broad range of public workers. Folks in, with uh, daycare, uh, corrections officers, healthcare workers. Uh, do you believe? Well, I don't want to put you on the spot. I believe that he uh, should eliminate that mandate. Given where we are now, we we have cases plunging, uh, and and our hospitals are in good shape. I I think we're in more danger of losing these workers and having not be there in these correctional facilities, and uh, hospitals, etc. I believe he should relax that. Uh, I didn't think it was called for to begin with, but especially now um, he should eliminate that mandate. Uh, it just, it is, if there ever was a justification, it is gone. Yeah. At this point.
2: yeah, I agree. And I've had good conversations actually with, with the commissioner of health. I talked to her a couple of weeks ago about some, some staffing challenges in, in some places. Um, you know, I had a, constituent uh that that had a school for special needs that had a healthcare piece to it and there were a lot of a lot of these families and special needs were gonna have to travel outside of the state now to get their services because of the staffing situation so i agree if we got to return to normalcy i think we're we're headed in that direction and, and we got to keep doing it uh, collaboratively i was welcome to see the governor announce on on March 7th uh um, I don't have a, a Department of Health. I don't have a, the staff and resources he does. I've got an office of seven people like you do. Um, I, but, I, but in the conversations I've been having with hospitals every day, um, including great hospital president in my district who just retired, John Griffin, and so many others, um, it's the consensus is that we got to move towards normalcy. So I'm, I'm happy to see all the steps, uh, uh, and I hope we can do a full recap when this is all over and figure out how as a state we could have done better.
0: Uh, we absolutely need that we've been calling Republicans, as you know, have been calling for it for a while. We had the nursing home debacle uh which we don't have time to get into as deeply as at some point maybe the fire wilds and in higher we've done so well today, <laughs> uh, let, me give, you, let that me give you let me give
2: you one let me get let me give you one if it's all right. let's talk sure. really quickly absolutely. about. The, the Republican Party uh, and the Democratic Party. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're here working really well together. But there are absolutely challenges across the country. Um, I, I've i seen it when, you know, we've had people primary us, even Democrats who have a hard enough time in Monmouth County winning, and they primary um, uh, the Republicans have the same problem right now um, with Donald Trump who you know my personal view caused so much damage uh, to this country not his policies but his attitude and how we uh, how you know we I, I truly believe we've seen a rise in so many issues uh, uh, when we've seen a rise in Asian hate and on LGBTQ families and so many others because of rhetoric and word choice that's out there by politicians on all sides but I think that Twitter account of his did a lot of damage and now we're seeing primaries come all over we have a bunch of Monmouth County. Um, You know, we just had one down in Ohio uh, where the Democrats had a congressional candidate that was challenged by uh, Nina Turner, who's the head of our revolution, who uh, was on the other side. This looks like it's a moment that keeps happening in history, but it seems like right now, the moments are so heated. You go on Facebook and people are yelling and fighting about politics and masks and vaccines. And it's driven by, it seems like it's driven by the two core political elements on both sides. I know yeah. this is a, this is a hard answer to answer, but how do we get past it? And do you see for, and I'll answer for the democratic part of what I think, I think that it, it depends on the quality of candidates that Democrats are running, but how do the Republicans like to, like to, to get, to censure Liz Cheney, who's, I mean, Dick Cheney was vice president. Liz Cheney is probably one of the most conservative members in the House of Representatives. How does the Republican Party get out of that?
0: Uh, look, I think we set an example, and we don't hesitate to speak up when we disagree with uh, our party or disagree with uh, President Trump. Um, and I think we set an example. And, and look, I have spoken out about it. I think the time we spend, the time and resources we spend on revenge against conservative people philosophically that we agree with, is time taken away from challenging uh, Democrats at the national level and retaking the House and the Senate. I believe uh, all of those things being spent on revenge is a total waste of time. We need to get away from it uh, and move on to the real debates about policy that uh, we need to win. From my perspective as a Republican, we need to win. Uh, And then we also work hard, again, to set an example of civility, uh, I think, uh, a little less vitriol, a little more legitimate to be, uh, but would help make for a better uh, a better climate overall.
2: Thank you, Senator. I had so much fun with you. David Wildstein took the weekend off. This is State Senator Vingo Powell with my friend and colleague, Senator Declan O'Scanlon. We've been guest hosts this week. Thank you for listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Have a great weekend.